Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Welcome to this episode of Shoplifting. My name is Liv Siddle and I'm here with the very wonderful Meg of Hand Habits. Hello. Hi, Liv. Do you ever get called just Hand Habits? Someone called me Miss Habits last night. I was like, you can just call me Meg. Miss Habits. Yeah, it was very Sounds strange. like an old Victorian lady. <laughs> right. <laughs> like better than Mrs. Hand. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, we just watched you play your first UK appearance in Rough Trade yeah, East. Yeah, playing my own songs, yeah. Yeah, Saturday afternoon, like filled out the floor. Everyone came to see you, which is not surprising for me because the record you have just released has been one of those very rare records that everyone in Rough Trade kind of, everyone loves it rather than just like, you know, our taste is very different. And yeah. this record is just one that everyone adores and it's just so oh. great. So congratulations for making Thank you. this that record. Thank you, that makes me so happy. Cool, I'm glad. Um, yeah, the record for anyone that hasn't heard of it is called um, Wildly Idle, which is a fantastic name. And Meg, before releasing this, I mean, I knew you through being, you were the guitarist in Kevin Morby's band. Yeah, so, still I am. And you still am. Um, and you were doing that for years. How long have you been doing that for? It's coming up on three years, I guess. Wow. Yeah. My sense of time usually is not spot on. So, but I think almost three years, yeah. That's cool. Um, and yeah, I just remember I've seen you play with Kevin's band so much and I and whenever you play guitar in that band and you do a certain solo or something I remember, I always see that the crowd around me go like oh, and they kind of like look at their friends <laughs> and they kind of they're like wow she's so great because you are an incredible guitarist <laughs> Thanks, and <Liv>. yeah you <laughs> are so great I was wondering I wanted to ask you when how you like learned guitar and you know just about that really because well, you are very good well thanks I I don't People ask me this question sometimes, and I don't really remember why I wanted a guitar, but I was living with my aunt, because my childhood was kind of all over the place, yeah. and I was like, I really, I just want a guitar, and so my dad got me a guitar for Christmas, and my uncle Joey, who gives me a bunch of like flack now for not mentioning him ever, <laughs> You know, he's shout like, out to Joey. Yeah, shout out to Uncle Joey. <laughs> he gave me a guitar lesson after I got the guitar because he played in, in a band and he is a guitar player. And he was like, he showed me the pentonic scale, which is this like classic blues scale. Yeah. It's five notes. You can play it over anything. Cool. Um, and he showed me that and I remember picking it up really, just picking it up quickly. And I was like, oh, I understand this. This is something, because I wasn't into sports and I didn't, I was a tomboy. Yeah. But I wasn't into sports, and yeah. So when I when I held it, I was like, "Oh, I like understand this in yeah. a way." And then when it came time to graduate high school, and I was playing the jazz band a little bit, and like playing in cover bands, playing Led Zeppelin and stuff. Cool. And where was that? You uh, know, uh, Amsterdam, New York. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's like upstate. Um, and then. Came to time to graduate, my guidance counselor was like, So, you know, what do you want to do with your life? And I was <laughs> like, All my friends were going to, like, you know, they wanted to be fashion designers or like business majors or yeah. like a doctor or something. And I was like, I don't really know if that's my thing. I want to play the guitar. Like, that's just <laughs> kind of what I like to do. I like to play the guitar. And so he was like, Now, Megan, you can't he's like well you can you can be a teacher and I was like well I don't really want to be a teacher I just want to <laughs> play the guitar and so I went to community college for two years for guitar performance ah. and I was the only person first of all I was the only female in the guitar program and I was the only person who was studying just for performance everyone else was going for education and they were planning to, on furthering their studies wow. but when I graduated I was just like I just want to play the guitar and so it like worked out I didn't even know you could study guitar performance that's fascinating yeah I guess what most bands you or guitarists that you hear interviewed just say they kind of just picked it up and learned yeah. themselves but for you to actually go and like to learn that it's amazing yeah I mean I didn't take lessons until I went to college yeah. and actually when I auditioned to get into the program I didn't get in the first time so I had to they were like well take some lessons over the summer and then audition again 
Cool. And so I did that, and then I t- did the two-year program. But it was a really great program, and I had a good teacher. And then after that, I just taught guitar lessons for a long time. And it's funny how, like, when you're forced to teach something, mm. you think you know it, and you're like, how do I explain this sentiment, this, like, you know, this energy that I, like, I understand mm. to someone who does not know what I'm talking about? So I feel like I learned a lot about the guitar teaching it, too. That's cool. Yeah. Are any of your former students now, like, in bands and stuff? No, I don't think so. <laughs> they were actually almost all, like, older men. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And, like, most of them, like, quit lessons. They were just, <laughs> like, because they just wanted, you know, they wanted to, like, play an ACDC song. Uh, and then they would, like, learn that riff, and then that would be it. Except one student of mine, his name is Mark. Um, he uh, he went on to start playing in in church, and he was like, then he started like he's a church musician now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, cool. He was really he was my best student. Really? Yeah. Shout out to him as well. Shout out to Mark. <laughs> if you're listening, um, what else was I going to ask you? I mean, yeah, I I think that going back to your album, the sound, it, I was going to ask you about the pace of it because. When I was just watching you just then, I realized it, it's so slow, mm-hmm. yeah. and it, it's it's almost like it it takes must take so much effort to make songs that slow. It's almost like Mazzy Star slow. It's like so right. chilled, and you've got the loop pedal going, and you've got the guitar. Did you ever try playing anything fast, or is this just the natural way that you are just like well, playing with this kind of slow, chill pace? Now it is, and now that's what's comfortable t- to me. But you know, before this record. I don't really tell people this that often, but I put out some other music under Hand Habits. Really? Yeah, like probably like five years ago. No way. Um, there was one. There's one other slow one, but in between the slow one and this one, there's um there was this EP that I put out called Nameless Lust, and it's like rock songs. Cool. It's like fast rock songs. My voice is horrible on it. Like I, I am couldn't sing to hear it. This. <laughs> I couldn't sing yet. Like I, I'm still figuring out how to sing. You're a very like, good singer. I'm learning though. Like it's like such a process though because really? yeah. Well, I think like thinking about talking about like identity. You know, like mm. I feel like a guitar player, and that's like my identity. Yeah. And so it took me a while to be like, oh, I also sing. Yeah. Too that's something I can identify with because wow. I like to do it. But for so long, I've just been like, well, yeah, I play guitar. Sometimes I sing, but, you know, mm. trying to break the binary identity thing, even with music, you yeah. know, yeah, it's yeah. hard. I mean, humans just want to place things into boxes to understand them. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I understand myself. This is what I am. But then I was like, definitely not a singer <laughs> at all. <laughs> I would like even the, f- the, I think for playing slow too, it's more comfortable for my voice because oh. it's more, you know, with like long notes or something, mm. it feels good. It's just like singing feels good. And over the fast stuff, yeah, I don't know. Like it makes me anxious or something. <laughs> I like comfort. Yeah, it seems like, yeah. It seems like the sound that you created on this album is like the perfect sound for you. You seem very comfortable in it. Yeah. And you can tell that. I think maybe that's why it just feels so nice. It's such cool. a such a lovely album. Thanks. It feels like, yeah, I'm trying to work out what it is about it that everyone is just obsessed with. But everyone who is listening to this is just going to have to listen for themselves yeah. and work it out because it is wonderful. So we're going to play one of the tracks from the album at the end of this podcast. But I've also asked you to pick out some records from the shop floor. Yeah. Today. So uh, we've got four. Which one do you want to start with? Let's start with John Coltrane. Uh, The track is called Resolution. It's from A Love Supreme. And I don't know, there's something about this this record that always just, it makes me feel like home or something. I don't know. Like it's comforting in the same way that like playing slow music is. But it goes over, it's just a trio. It's McCoy Tyner and Elvin Jones on drums and... Oh, it, no, it's a quartet, sorry. Jimmy Garrison on bass. And, yeah, I don't know. I like music that happens in parts. Okay. You know, kind of, it, it's explorative in a way, and, and you can experience it in a different way than just, like, listening to a song. Mm. Um, I have a memory of listening to this record, and especially Resolution just sticks out to me. Um like just walking around New York like I, I went subletting there I don't live in New York and I have to be honest I don't really like it but <laughs> but I was walking around in January for some reason I thought it'd be a good idea to sublet in January in New York City it's like the <laughs> coldest time of the year um and I don't like to be cold 
I like to be inside. Also, yeah, at the moment you're wearing like, it looks like you're going on like an expedition. I'm wearing a t-shirt and jeans. You're wearing like a coat, a jumper, a massive scarf and a hat. I like being warm. You like being cozy like a mouse. Yeah, I mean, this is like, you know, it's like I'm in my room. I don't... People are like, what kind of music do you play? I'm like, it's indoorsy, like yeah. indoor music. Yeah. That's a good way of describing it. I'm a big fan of indoor music. Yeah. Where do you live now then? I live in Los Angeles. Nice warm place. Yeah. Even though it's warm outside, I don't I don't really leave my house too much. I've been trying to go on walks though. That's good. Yeah. Walks the best. Yeah. But walking, this one, I've, I walked around New York listening to this. It just feels like so New York, you know. I'm reading here that I was recording in New Jersey, but it just feels like such a New York record to me. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Do you want to introduce the track? Yeah, this is John Coltrane and his band playing part two resolution from A Love Supreme. Thank you. 
was John Coltrane with, how do you say it, part two? Part two, resolution. Part two, resolution. Yeah. And that is recommended by Meg if you want to go on a nice walk uh, in maybe a cold city. Yeah. Or, you know, wherever you live. It feels like <laughs> hustle, Like if you're hustling, it, like, it protects you. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. I think um, it would be good to do a podcast of just people talking about which songs they like to walk to because it's very important oh, yeah, to it is. do that. I think and where yeah. you're walking to. Yeah. But to listen to music when you've got a destination. I find listening to music on a plane or a train or in a car or walking is always like the best. Yeah, of the course. The best kind. Um, so in LA, have you got quite a big record collection? You know, I don't have any of my records in LA. Really? Where are they? Well, they're in New York with my dad. Ah. Upstate New York in Gloversville. Because when I moved, I just took two suitcases and then, like, mailed some things. Yeah. So I'm still... I think my brother and I are eventually going to do a cross-country trip where mm. I bring all that stuff out. Some of them are with my friend Andrew, too. But I don't have a huge record collection. And I don't really know why that is. I think it's just the digital world. It sucks. Mm. I don't have a lot of space, either. I think that's what it is. I think it's totally fair for people, you know, now to not collect right or just to have a few ones but like yeah the amount we have to move house and the amount we have to just like i know have no money and just have nothing i i, I i'm totally like sympathetic yeah. to anyone that's just like i can't do this yeah it it's shouldn't a be. lot yeah but i do i was thinking about records because i i use when i lived in albany i did have a big collection and it was such a part of my day mm. like waking up putting on a record or like with the person I was dating, like you yeah. listen to a record. Yeah, you know? so romantic. You're like gonna come on. over and listen to a record. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I miss that. Yeah, yeah. It's not the same putting it on like a, like a Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> no, or like uh, what is that Google thing where you ask it to play the oh, thing? Yeah. Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> That's just. No, I don't want that. It's not romantic. No. It's the equivalent of those like 70s fires that would like, you clap and it. Right. Comes on. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's quite cool. Yeah. I wouldn't say no to one of those. Alexa can probably do that. Alexa, turn the fire on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, dim the lights. I mean, at that point, you don't even need a partner. No. You can just hang out with Alexa all night. <laughs> so weird. Um, anyway, what have you got for your next track? Okay. It's a track called You're My Jam by MV and EE. Uh, the record is their recent record, Root slash Void. I don't know what that record is, so you're going to have to explain. It's great. It's also put out by Woodsist, who put out my record. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't met either of them, but I have heard many stories because they're friends with Kevin mm-hmm. and um, a lot of mutual friends. I think they live in Vermont or Western Massachusetts. Don't quote me on that because, like I said, I don't know them. But... Um, yeah, it's just jam. It's kind of jammy, but also like songs, cool. song jams. Yeah, um, I was listening to this record a lot when I was like finishing my record, and yeah, you're my jam is cool. She's just like, love you, mean it. You're my jam, and that's I just nice. thought that's so beautiful. <laughs> like telling someone you're their jam, cause like I I do really like to jam. Yeah, and so if someone said that to me. It would be really romantic. That's so nice. Yeah. You listen out for lyrics a lot in music. I find myself doing it more and more. Yeah. Yes. I think I actually spoke to Kevin about that. I just remembered he was sitting exactly where you are and we talked about lyrics and finding nuggets of gold in songs and just oh, ha- yeah. having that one line that you look forward to. Yeah. And when you hear it, you're like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I feel the same way. And also when that happens in a book, like yeah. when they say the title or you're like, oh. I know that happened to me the other day. I was yeah. reading A Little Life and it said it and I was like, oh, I found the title in the book. Yeah. I don't know whether I'm ready to start underlining things in books yet, but I think I need to start not being so precious. I do it all the time. It. I think I should. Mine are destroyed. So important. I write though. notes. Yeah, I think I'm going to start doing that. And also nice if you, you pass the book on, then someone else can see which bits you've liked. Yeah, and... well, your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, why did it mean this to you? Mm. Or what did it mean? Why did it mean what it meant? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so this record that I've never heard of but sounds fantastic. Do you want to choose a song? Yeah. You're My Jam by MV and EE from their latest record, Root Void.
You just heard You're My Jam from MVNEE off the record Root Void. It's root slash void. I don't know if the slash is supposed to be pronounced. That was a good back introduce. I think you'd be quite a good like late night radio host. You've got quite a mellow. Hi, how are y'all doing out there? Yeah. <laughs> like 2 a.m. Quiet time. Quiet time with Meg Duffy. Yeah, the comfort zone. Yeah. I really want to do a play a podcast here about like bedtime and do like bedtime podcasts. Ooh, I love that. But artists come in and just kind of do what Jarvis Cocker does on his radio show where he's like, hello, we're going to play some songs. And you just play nice, quiet music. I love that idea. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Fuck it, I'm going to start tomorrow. Um, cool. What is the record you've got next? Okay. It's a record called 4E or Forever by Lomelda. Um, this person named Hannah, who I met recently in Waco. Uh, Texas. I went to South by Southwest this year, oh, yeah. which is hell. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. I can't imagine you there. You're not very corporate. <laughs> You're like the least corporate person I've ever met. Uh, like, I mean, I can like put on a face, you know? I'm like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. But it's just like, uh, I also, I wasn't drinking there, which was like, uh, it's hard to be there sober. Yes, I've heard. It's so loud mm. everywhere. And free beer everywhere. Uh, er, yeah, they're like, we can't pay you, but like, we can give you like six beers, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, but so South by was just so emotionally like fucked. Why? I don't know. It's just like, it just seems clicky a little bit. Clicky? Yeah, you know, like people are like looking out for the hot new stuff. Yeah, and I'm just like I'm just trying to play my music, you know, like and like it's chaotic and it's hard to play quiet, soft music there. Although I I did have a good experience playing shows, I will say that. Just you know all the shit leading up to playing the shows Mm. and like the track, like you know we have a show here and then we have to go here. Yeah, some of the bands play like ten times a day or something. Yeah, it's it's psycho. Yeah, I didn't do that. There was one day. Also, my birthday falls on South by Southwest. Oh no! And so this was my (laughs) third year in a row celebrating my birthday at South by Southwest. No, you're joking. No, I'm serious. You should change your birthday. I know. (laughs) And so like this year, last year was was fine. I was with Kevin and we were in the airport and they. I was having like kind of a bad day. I was like hungover. I had my period and like we were flying that day. And then like when I was going through the TSA, you know, I have all my pedals with me Uh and naturally they like have to like tear everything out every time. And I was just like, you know sitting there like oh, this sucks it's my birthday I just want to go home and then they all bought me gifts everyone from the band like Kevin got me this like Willie Nelson t-shirt and Aww. someone like Justin got me like a teddy bear and Cyrus got me like an Austin City Limits like keychain or something <laughs> and I was just like thanks it was <laughs> really sweet. sweet poor you though I know, yeah, promise me. me now you're not gonna go next year I really hope not I really hope not don't do it it's the kind don't of thing it. where it's like you feel like you're left out if you're not there, mm. too. Because I was, because there was all that bullshit with the immigration, you know, like there there was some language in the contract. I don't know if you read about this. No. Well, there was all this language in the contract that was that was brought to light um, before the festival regarding punishment for people who were out of the country playing there, and they were like, "We'll notify like." ice if you like break the law and we will deport you it was just harsh don't quote me but it was like really harsh language yeah for the artist to sign yeah and like apparently it had been in the contract for a while it was all over the internet i don't know but so i almost didn't go 
But then, like, I was on tour with Megabog, and Aaron wanted to see Big Thief, who's, like, they're friends with. And, like, we all, like, I don't know. So we did it. I just ended up donating all the money that I made, the small amount of money that I made from there, mm-hmm. to an immigration charity. That's like, good. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in the process of doing it. I didn't do it yet. But anyways, yeah, South By was just whatever. But the next, the day after South By which feels just like summer vacation at that point. You're like, I'm out of here, peace. <laughs> um, we played a show in Waco, and this was probably about a month ago, and played with this band, Lomelda, and this girl, Hannah, who I had people, it was one of those bands where people are like, you gotta listen to this, and normally when people tell me that, I it takes me forever, sometimes I, do. I don't listen. Because, yeah. you know, you know how it goes. Yeah, You wanna discover things on your own. Uh-huh. But, um, and yeah, so we played at this house, and I didn't know what to expect at all, and I knew we had a lot of mutual friends, and I just was, like, floored, like, you know, just floored by the performance. Touched by music in a way that's really rare. Wow. You know? What's it like? I mean, we're about to hear it, but... Oh, man. I don't, I don't know how to compare things to other things, but it has, like, aspects of some of my favorite music Mm. like all mixed into one like on this record it's you know there's like a nylon string guitar which i love and like really really melodies that i can latch on to and that are memorable just like lyrics that i are like a story you know yeah just great. Like a great voice. I love that when you see or hear a band and you just fall in love with it straight away. Ugh, I know. It's the best. I'm almost like embarrassed <laughs> to talk about it. That's how much <laughs> I like you it. You've got like a crush on it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you can introduce a track now, so maybe we can, yeah, I hope everyone else feels the same. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. Okay, well, this is Brazos River by Lamelda from her record 4E or Forever. nights sitting on your porch staring at the stars never sure what we were looking for breathing in pipe smoke and philosophy till it burned to ash and reminded us of old memories Well I told you then How it was so dark The night I rode my bike down University parks To the suspension bridge To a Standing above that river I knew it wouldn't be long So we made a plan To drive away I feel at home with you. 
Okay, you just heard Brazos River by Lamelda, the record forever. Nice. Um, yeah, can't wait to get that record in stock because we haven't actually got it, but yeah, fantastic for sure. And I guess we're on to you. Got one more? Yeah, I do. In your head? Yeah, <laughs> it's in my head. Yeah. What is it? Uh, the record is Lost Wisdom by Mount Erie. Oh, uh, yeah, we didn't have it in in stock. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you, we were talking about earlier the uh, the desert records. Desert Island Discs. Yeah, Desert yeah. Island Discs. This is like, I would maybe even choose it twice, I think. No way. <laughs> no, not That's really. That's a big but, shout. Yeah, but like, I <laughs> love it. It's, I mean, talking, going back to what I like about Lamelda, I feel like the nylon string is like really yeah. so, so classic Phil Elverum and... Yeah, this record I've listened to so much. It's one of those records, you know, that I go back to like almost every month. So funny how you can just latch onto records like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just so I weird. know. Some of them just never. You you just kind of like you almost do it as a routine. Like, oh, time to listen to that again. Yeah, right. It's or like, your, yeah. Or if you don't have anything else, or you don't know what to listen to, you just put it on. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with like psychologically what emotionally you were going through at that time. Yeah. That you heard it. And when I first heard it, I was still in Albany, but I was about to move to L.A. Mm. And so I listened to it. I was about to, the person I was dating at the time, not dating anymore. It's okay, though. <laughs> shout like, out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> um, uh, radio's dangerous. <laughs> I, we listened to it a lot on the drive out. We drove from Albany to L.A. Yeah. together. And... Yeah, I had never seen most of the country. I had never been on a trip that long before. How long was it? We took like 10 days. 10 days? We took our time. We made stops. Oh, okay. We like stayed in New Orleans a couple days. That's great. Yeah. We stayed in other places that I'm sure have blocked out of my memory. But, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> we stayed in like Phoenix. We went to the Grand Canyon. But I just remember putting it on and it's tied to these like beautiful places and like this understanding of this relationship for me, like yeah. and like like a re understanding of it. And yeah, it was really hard to pick a track from it because the whole record I just I love it. I wanna make a record like it too. I'm sure you will. I just yeah. Even if even if even if I don't share it. Actually my friend you know this band Tassio Mancy? No. From Canada. But they live in LA sometimes and this girl Sari and she lives right up the street I moved to Glendale recently and she lives in this huge house where all of my other friends cool. live there and there's this it's so beautiful I mean if you come to LA you have to come see it I want to come to LA it seems like that's just the, it's, it sounds so fun the way the way people describe those kind of areas of LA just sounds so fun it's gems just like gems everywhere what's the house like I honestly think like Siegfried and Roy used to live there. It's like it's in Glendale, which is a heavy Armenian neighborhood, yeah. mostly Armenian, and it's all like pink marble. No me. way. Yeah, it's like there's like marble everywhere, and they see these really elaborate like ceiling things. And what? In the backyard, there's there's like these tiered. There's these tiers with marble on them and then at the top there's a fountain that's there's no water in it but what and like a little gazebo and it, there's a huge <laughs> view of glendale and it's on the hill how do they manage to snag that house i have no idea you know the band tops they yeah they live there they have lived there too oh, so it's, it's just like a place where like people come and go and like how many people live there like five or six that sounds amazing yeah i, I actually was gonna move in there but it didn't work out what the pink marble palace yeah, I love it. Definitely move in there. I'm I'll still, there. I'm still kind of trying. You probably could. <laughs> Should I just move to LA? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, London stinks. Oh, <laughs> oh. it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay, really. But Sari and I have talked about making a, a similar record, like just guitar and voice. Yeah. You know, and that's what this guitar, this record is. It's like Phil and uh, I don't know how to say your last name, which is really embarrassing, but Julie. D O I R O N, Doan. I think it's French because uh, she's Duan, from yeah. Quebec, but it's them too. Even though it's just it's 
people know it as a Mount Erie record, mm-hmm. but it's a collaboration. They both sing. They sing together, almost all of it. Beautiful harmonies. I love when people sing together. Oh, me too. Great. It's the best thing. I mean, you, you should do a duet. I would love to. With who? You want to do one? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> what should we sing? We could talk about it after. Okay, we'll find out afterwards. All right. <laughs> we'll be re- releasing our first EP yeah. this time next year. Acapella. <laughs> um, do you want to introduce the track from this? This is Mount Erie and Julie Doron. I think that's how you say her name. Sorry, Julie. Um, from the record Lost Wisdom, and the track is called Lost Wisdom. I got close enough to the river that I couldn't hear the trucks But not close enough to stop the roaring of my mind Okay, you just heard Lost Wisdom from the record Lost Wisdom. It's Mount Erie and Julie. 
I think there's a guy named Fred playing on there too, playing guitar. Shout out to Fred. Yeah, shout out to Fred. So now we have gone through the four records, so now I'm going to ask you to actually pick one off. Wildly Idol. Okay. Which is your record. Before you pick one, what does it feel like to actually have a record out? It's literally the coolest thing that's ever happened in my entire life. Okay, good I answer. like, I, yeah, I often talk about like how grateful I feel and I feel like some people think I'm joking, but I'm not. Like I, I'm close to tears like when I think about it because I just, I've, I've wanted to play music in like this way for so long and like to be proud of it. And I've had so many people help me in this way like that are so supportive that it just like brings me so much joy yeah it's wild it's really wild oh god i feel like you're about to cry you're making me cry it feels good yeah it's cool yeah all the people you've met along the way and everyone helping you along and all the stuff you've learned and then it all just comes out in this like square i know like plastic and vinyl like with a sticker on it and then you come over to london and everyone's already bought it and listened to it and they want to see you play it's magic yeah it's like true magic that's what you said on stage it's magic it is isn't it yeah how it's your feelings that you've written down quietly to yourself and then recorded and then someone else hears your feelings and then has their own feelings about it so it's like this kind of constant branch and branch and branch branching off of like I know. It's so cool. It's mad. It's like energy. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like the coolest thing. It's so much. Yeah. I don't want to ask you what your favorite song on the record is because that's Uh, lame. It's hard too. So, I mean, maybe, maybe you could tell us, are there any of the tracks that have like a a story behind them or or a particular one that. What um, do you like? Maybe you could pick it. I like um, this one. I like Sun Beholds Me. Okay. Oh, no, you're meant to choose. <laughs> well, maybe I'll pick that song. I don't know. It's hard to pick. I I kind of want to pick that song anyway. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because when I, I recorded most of this, mostly all of it, by myself and played everything on it with the exception of a few tracks. Yeah. Some friends played drums and, and bass. Um, but as I was recording it, I got better at doing it, you know, yeah. I figured out what was working and what wasn't. Oh, I see. And so even though Somebody Holds Me is track eight, it was the last song that I recorded. Uh. Um, I think, yeah, maybe the second to last song I recorded. So I, I figured out a process that had like really started to work. Yeah. Um, I have this this pedal that I really like called the 45,000. It's a loop pedal um, that I can't really use live, but for recording it's really cool. It has four tracks on it. And I actually like looped a lot of my voice on it. And then it, you can like octave it or so it goes really high up or you can slow it down. Yeah. I put it in reverse so like it's almost sample based. Okay. Yeah. So figuring out how to do that was really fun. Also, it was like the first song I wrote when I got to LA, I think, Mm. when I moved there. And you know, you've moved into a new flat, I'm sure, at some point in your life. Like every year. Oh, that sucks, I'm sorry. That sucks. I just got kicked out my flat actually last week. For what? The landlord's Screaming? Oh. (laughs) Just my singing and dancing. You're like, yeah. No, I've got to move out again. I'm homeless. Ah, oh, somebody so, find live a place. Yeah, I want to live in the Pink Palace. All right, well, come on over. Um, so, yeah, you got to L.A. And yeah, I didn't have any furniture. I don't know anyone except for, like, Kevin, really, and, like, a couple other people. And, you know, I had that moment when I was in the house, and I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah, like, yeah. what did I just do? I just moved so far away from, like, everything. You know, <laughs> I like was freaking, I'm like on Craigslist, like looking for a bed, you know, I didn't yeah. have a car or anything. Good I had much. like two suitcases and like, you know, so I was like, why, like, what am I doing here? And then like, I got a bed and I was like, oh, I'm fine. <laughs> it's funny how having a bed or something. Yeah. Making like, your bed, like m- putting the sheets on the bed yeah. makes you feel like 
everything's okay. Well, I was like sleeping on a yoga mat, you know, like on the hardwood floor. <laughs> oh my God. And it was like cold, you know. Aww. So sad, I know. <laughs> but yeah, and then there was this little nylon string guitar that I found in the basement of this house that I moved into. There's actually so much music gear. It's like wow. of all the places that I could have moved, there was all this gear that helped make this record. I mean, it would would have been really difficult to make it without most of the gear. That's amazing. I know. It's like a kind of, I mean, that's like fate. It seems a little faded, yeah. It like, seemed um, a little faded. C60 finding that guitar in a bin. I know, yeah. <laughs> and then... Then it's career. Yeah, like. rest is history. <laughs> so there was this little guitar, and I didn't have a job yet, and I was, you know, I was there because I moved there basically to play with Kevin, and he was somewhere. Well, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But... uh yeah, I just like I like wrote this song, and it was the first song that I had written in a while, and it was like it sort of marked the beginning of like a new chapter for me, mm-hmm. you know. Actually, all the while and in between started that, but then there was like a big long gap in between writing those, and then I was like, you know, I, every time I write a song, I'm like, will I ever write a song again? Was that it? You know, sometimes I'm like that. Well, that was the last one. (laughs) I haven't got any more. That's that's it forever. You know, (laughs) and after I wrote that song, I was like, I really like this song. I think that's it. It's probably it. (laughs) And then more just keep coming out. Yeah, it's funny. They they do come. Thank you to whoever keeps sending them wherever they come from. Kind of spirit in trees somewhere. The void. Um. Okay, well, I'm going to have to say goodbye before you okay. um, pick this track. But thank you so much for making this record and for coming in. Oh, you're welcome. And just for being great. Thanks and for listening. I guess I'll see you next time if you're with Kevin Morby's band yeah. or on your own. Please come back whenever <coughs> I would love to. possible. And good luck with promoting this album on your thank tour. Thank you. Um, and now you can introduce the track from your album. Okay, this is Sun Beholds Me from my record, Wildly Idle, Humble Before the Void. My name is Meg. See ya. Bye. Bye.
Rough Trade Radio. Slow Dive by Slow Dive. Available in store and online at roughtrade.com. I wanna 